This podcast was recorded and produced in 2020, predating the COVID-19 pandemic. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this NHS Confederation podcast. To find out about all the latest news and events across the Confederation, visit www.nhsconfed.org. In this episode, we will explore the Esther approach, originally developed and implemented in Sweden, and now adapted by the Kent and Medway Design and Learning Centre for Clinical and Social Innovation. The Esther approach is designed to personalise care for the patient in such a way that their pathway is seamlessly coordinated across complex organisational, service and professional boundaries. It's about the person, it's about building the system and the support around the individual rather than trying to squeeze the individual into existing processes and programmes. We'll hear from a real-life Esther who will talk about their experiences of the Esther philosophy in action. It's not just about, okay, so this is how we treat stroke patients, we have to do this and this. No, it's how you treat the whole person and the whole family. And we'll hear more about the benefits of holding an Esther Cafe. The Esther Cafes are amazing and they're essential for everyone to understand that every solution may be different and that every person is different. We sent our reporter, Joe O'Hagan, to one of these Esther Cafes to explore more about how this integrated care approach is being deployed in Kent. Welcome to this Esther Cafe. Nice to see so many organisations represented here today. As I arrived at this community centre in Aylesford, I was struck by how everybody was wearing Esther badges that were pinned onto their purple Esther branded shirts. This was clearly more than just a brand, this was a culture. A culture that they proudly embraced and constantly wanted to promote and share. So this concept obviously means a lot to the people involved, but how did it come about? So we're trying to discuss what the issues were, is that right? Dr Robert Stewart is a clinical designer at Kent's Design and Learning Centre for Clinical and Social Innovation. Things went right as well. This is about us looking at what are the new solutions that we can find to meet the current challenges facing the 1.8 million people in Kent and Medway. And we are designing, co-designing, and also now using co-production to co-design better, safer, cheaper, and different care to make out-of-hospital care safer for both citizens and the professionals. We are looking at how we break down the barriers between organisations, between professions, even between people's personal agendas, so that we can really understand how to meet the needs and also to meet what matters to the person. And to really break down those barriers between patient and clinician, Kent's Design and Learning Centre needed to come up with a solution that could be embedded throughout different clinical settings, sustaining that clear message of putting the patient first. And this is where Esther came in. The centre, alongside the NHS Confederation, made a site visit to Yonshipping in 2015 to see the Esther approach in action, after research showed that there was a significant reduction of emissions in Sweden, partly through this approach. 
And how would you feel if you were Esther living up there in that little house? Confused. Confused, without a doubt. Whilst in Yonshiping, the team met Anna Kalbom, one of two Esther coordinators in the region, who later was given the opportunity to come over and support the implementation in Kent. The background of the Esther model is that it was first implemented and uh, built up in Sweden in 1997 uh, as an action to try and tackle the issue that a lot of, at that point, uh, mainly elderly, frail people were stuck in hospital for quite a long time when it was quite apparent that they could have better and safer care in their usual environment. The steering group wanted a name, a person's name, rather than calling it something like Better Life for the Most Frail Citizen, just to make it human and to give everyone the chance to actually picture a person when we were talking about it. In the meantime, while the planning was going on, uh, the group heard about an old lady in her late uh, 80s who had to go into hospital due to heart problems and it took her over 10 hours before she was in a bed and during that time she had to repeat her story 32 times. And this lady was called so Esther. Esther needs to be listened to. Yeah. yeah, that's very, very vital. And I think that is, we, we often think we do. And, and that's where we probably need to challenge ourselves. Mm -hmm. Because yes, I listened to Esther, I heard what they said, but was I actively listening? We try to have the approach that instead of having assumptions and just looking at what, what's wrong with people, what's the matter with them, that we start all conversations with them by asking them what matters to you, uh, to make sure that what we're aiming for is not just only to get them well and better supported from a professional perspective, but also make sure that their goals and needs are met from what they experience themselves. To really make sure that this objective of meeting the goals and needs of the patients in Kent, the Esther team run regular Esther cafes. When it's time for me to go home, I've offered to pay the cash fare, but they said no, wait for uh, the ambulance people to drop me off home. And it took me six hours in uh, the discharge lounge. That was Bex, a real-life Esther, sharing her story at today's cafe. An Esther cafe is an opportunity for real-life Esther to share their experience of care and support, both what went well and what could have been done better. And this opportunity is then shared with professionals from various organisations and stakeholders so they can listen to this story and look at how can we change and improve our services so that the next Esther has a better experience, but also listen to the good experiences from Esther. How can we do more about that and make sure that more Esthers benefit from what's already good in the system? You would ask what is it that you would like to do, and nine out of ten people will always say to you, I want to go home. Karen Jarvis Kiso is a workforce project officer in the Design and Learning Centre. It's really good for the people that come to the cafes to share bad experiences as well as good and to get it off their chest. It actually makes a real difference to them. And knowing that somebody is listening with a view to actually trying to take it away and make a difference rather than just a normal conversation 
is quite important, I think. I think the most challenging feedback from Esther Cafes would be when professionals immediately feel that Esther's experience is related to either lack of resources of any kind or uh, legislations. Well, I'm sorry you felt like that, but legislations tells us this and that. But our approach to try and, and challenge that challenge is Yes, we do have the legislations, we do have the lack of funding, but try and look at it with fresh eyes. And no, we can't, we can't change the legislations and we can't draw money, but there is always a tweak we can do. So it's the challenge may be then to, to change people's mindset, uh, to get away from how it actually is to how it could be and that it is possible to change despite all the restraints we have. One of the big challenges is that everybody thinks that they do personalised care but actually did we and couldn't we do it much better. Uh, what we're trying to do here is to sort of create a common approach, a common communication, a common language so that people actually are understanding that we're trying to do this across organisations and it, in fact if every organisation has their own way of delivering personalised care, then of course that's very confusing for the person and quite often the person doesn't then become part of a bigger team. Very much like an Esther Cafe held in Sweden, I have been greeted today by clinicians, Esther coaches and Esther themselves. However, I have also met Esther ambassadors, something you wouldn't find in Sweden. This is because the NHS is a much bigger and more complex healthcare system than Sweden, where the Esther approach was simply rolled out system-wide. Kent and Medway realised that they needed to add something to the existing model to get the message of Esther out to the wider sector. So we came up with the idea of reaching more people with the basic knowledge by creating something we called Esther Ambassadors, where you get either an e-learning or a one to two hour face-to-face -face training where we talk about the core bits of Esther, the core values, the Esther cafes, the coach training, and that is also made uh, mandatory for care agencies with a contract with KCC. You have to have a certain amount of your staff ambassador trained to, in order to keep your contract. And today, there have been 2,170 people who have signed up to be ambassadors in Kent and Medway. Most of the feedback that we get from what we do is, is actually thank you for giving me space. One of those ambassadors is Anne Taylor, who is the chief executive officer and founder of Hilton Nursing Partners. And the decisions and the are options that are available. Absolutely. So as an ambassador for ESNA, um, this is really prevalent to the whole ethos of Hilton Nursing Partners because Hilton Nursing Partners was born out of an experience, a personal experience with my own mum who wasn't being listened to. Um, several uh, admissions into hospital, um, directing into care home placement, um, misdiagnosed um, with um, dementia where in fact she had a really severe infection um, and neither her or her family were being listened to. Therefore I decided that I would break the system um, to ensure that both my mum and every other Esther that comes after my mum uh, actually were listened to, were understood and that the pathway was easy to manoeuvre and they actually ended up where they needed to end up. 
The Nestor ambassador can enhance their skills and knowledge about the philosophy by becoming a coach. The Esther um, Quality Improvement Coach Training, which runs over four days, one day a month, where we go more in depth, are we really as person-centred as we think we are? And how can we become even more person-centred? How can the system allow us to be more person-centred? But also quality improvement, what is quality improvement? And what tools do we need to make quality improvement? And the difference with an Esther improvement coach and other improvement coaches is that all Esther coach improvements need to benefit the real Esthers as well as the organisations. It also contains training in coaching because just because I've taken the coach training, I'm not going to do all the hard work at my workplace. I need to invite my whole team to participate in this and make them feel ownership in the improvement work. That's again key to make it a success. It's quite difficult. I mean, you can you can find out what the person would like. Yeah, yeah. An Esther coach isn't a role in itself but something you embed and run alongside your current role. This has meant that Karen, who we heard from earlier, has been able to use her skills as an Esther coach in previous frontline roles in quality improvement and as an assessment officer. It's a mindset. Esther is a real mindset. It's about a way of thinking. Um, and it's a reminder to me as well, always to think holistically always to think wider than the actual reason that I'm doing what I'm doing for the job I'm doing. And yeah, I'm very proud to be an Esther coach. At the end of the Esther coach training, individuals are asked to take on a project to showcase them either sharing the learning of the Esther approach or using it in action themselves. Karen's project was to get into all the home care providers in the area and to train them in Esther. I went into one meeting once and the cook from the care home was attending the team meeting and happened to say something about um, old Bill um, was talking to me the other day and said he'd like to play the piano because they had a piano in the room where the meeting was and so I, I said is the piano tuned and they said um, no but then all the others said well, I didn't know Bill played the piano. And this is like the manager. And he had just in passing mentioned something to the cook. As a result of that, they then got the piano tuned and Bill now is able to play the piano. And it was just a small, tiny thing like that, but really meaningful and important. But they hadn't, and because they saw that, they then thought, this is so amazing that just some, a, a little conversation with somebody can just tell you that actually you just have to listen to what people say to you and then try and come up with a solution for something. This collaborative learning and understanding between different clinical settings about an Esther is not only shared through the philosophy, or through the coaches themselves, but also when they come together at Esther Cafes. So it is really important that we understand each other's perspectives and each other's roles within a very large system. Each one of us is a very small cog in a very big mechanism. And if you don't understand the reasons that other parts of the system are working or how they need to change or why they do what they do, you will not get the whole picture and you will not get 
the journey from Esther from start to finish. You will not understand it and you will not understand your part in that. So sitting here today and actually listening to other people's roles within Esther's journey and how they perceive things and how they deal with things actually gives me insight into maybe we need to look at how they do things and fit our, our system around the whole system so that Esther does have that seamless journey. And what about the Esthers themselves? What's in it for them? One of the things that we've heard is that they are really amazed that people want to hear their story and not only want to hear their story but make them as part of the ways that it could be done better in the future. So this is really about a type of co-production that we value what the person has to say and we know that the impacts of this will make their experience and more importantly the experience of future people better. Hi, is that Marion? It is. That must be Joe, I hope. <laughs> I'm going to put you on speaker. if you. And I got in touch with Marion Keats, one of the Esthers who unfortunately couldn't attend the cafe. Marion was very keen to share a personal story of how the Esther philosophy has had a positive impact on herself and her late husband, David. David suffered a major stroke which left him severely paralysed in 2015 and was taken to a non-Esther care home in early 2017 after his condition worsened. Marion feels that they were both let down by the system and lack of doing what was right for David at the time. I really was a wreck. I couldn't, you know, I'd look at the phone and think, I can't bear to ring them up and ask them to explain this or that. Um, and you give your loved one to these people. You are completely on your own. Everything you have to do, you have to do yourself. No one's there looking after you. No one's really saying, yeah, well, I can deal with that for you. For example, to get him a wheelchair, I had to fight and fight and fight. And it was only when someone said, we're going to appeal this to the CCG that he eventually got it. I think they just gave up on him, really, the whole system. I think if he'd had some more care at the beginning, he might have been a bit better. Marion's stress levels increased even more after the care home, without consulting her, decided that David was no longer allowed to stay there because they didn't feel that they could look after him. This is when Marion found Hawkins House, a care home which embedded the Esther philosophy. The receptionist looked up with a lovely smile on her face and said, could she help? And I am sort of saying, oh, um, I've come to see if you'll, you'll have my husband to live here. I was crying. And she got the deputy manager and they took me in a room and talked about it. They were lovely. And two days later, I went back and met the manager and the caseworker from social services, and they all agreed that David could go there. And the manager said, well, I don't see anything in what you said to the caseworker. I don't see anything that we can't look after him with, because that's what we do. I didn't know anything about Esther when I went to Hawkins House that day or even the first few days um, but I knew that they seemed to care about me as well as him but because of how the people treated me I, I thought well okay I'm going to go for this place. And it's not just the carers or health professionals but all the staff from cooks to cleaners 
that have to buy into the Esther philosophy in the setting. And Marion saw this in action when the housekeeper of the Kerr home stopped her in the middle of the corridor after engaging in a meaningful conversation with David. She goes into David's room every morning, says good morning, and he might answer good morning. But this particular day, he, he had said to her, the birds have all gone. So she realised that she had a chance to get his interest. And she spoke to him and it turned out that he liked watching the birds. And she said to me, I wonder if you would allow us to put a bird feeder outside the window and um, would I mind? And I said, oh, I'd be delighted. That was treating him like a human being, not just a person lying in the bed. That was really good. You know, he wasn't really able to appreciate it that much, but I did. I did because she cared. Marion telling her story of both what good and bad had looked like to her is important to ensure that the clinicians have a good understanding of what matters to Esther. But it is also important that these stories are constantly relevant to the ever-changing patient with different needs. It's important that we listen to these stories on a regular basis because part of the philosophy is that this should be continuous quality improvement, i.e. what is happening today that allows us to then ensure that the Esther approach is really vibrant and also improves not only the person's experience but actually also the professional's experience because the, we time and again we hear that it's not because people don't want to create person-centred care, it's that often the system gets in the way. So they put in place all the things that they think is going to make you safe. The Esther approach has attracted interest far and wide, with the team in Kent now involved with EmpowerCare, an initiative to take their learning to other parts of the European Union. Robert is also keen to expand this throughout the whole of Kent and other regions in the UK, and offers up some advice to how they should implement this. Very little is done about and how are you going to do what you need to yes. that you want to do. We know that it's quite easy to set up another pilot. We have taken four years to get to where we are, and we are really on a big uh, improvement at the moment, and uh, really making this have a big impact. So we would encourage that other places that might want to implement this don't just try and do another pilot, but see how through co-implementation and co-production, potentially in partnership with our Design and Learning Centre, to be able to implement uh, the ESTA approach in their organisation or across their system. I've learnt from this process, never assume. Never consider that your situation is the same as anyone else's situation. Listening to people is absolutely crucial because that's the way you really get to find out about the person themselves. By having the Esther culture as a core in your organisation, that empowers the staff out there to take actions and to make all our Esther's life better and I think that is a that is a very good selling point if you want to employ staff for the future that you can actually make a difference for the people that you're serving. The Esther approach has shown how putting the patient experience firmly at the centre of services in their design and constantly seeking to improve care is returning positive outcomes for patients, their carers and organisations alike.
We hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If you would like to learn more about the Esther model, you can find a link to our full report by visiting our website. In the next episode, we'll explore the Healthy Homes and Neighbourhoods model developed in Sydney, Australia, and find out how they connected services for at-risk families in order to break the intergenerational cycles of deprivation and ill health. We are working a child and family service, um, but in reality, it was a child service. We often weren't really addressing the needs of the adult members of the family, and the child is very dependent upon the health and well-being of the adult members of the family. Thanks for listening.